0: We're glad that you're here. Let's just jump right in. This is the second message in our sermon series, Storm Anchors. Paul the Apostle was in a serious storm on a ship while he was headed to Rome to testify before Caesar. In an effort to save the ship, the sailors had cast out four anchors from the stern of the ship. Paul also had four anchors storm anchors in the first sermon last week we dealt with the first anchor that Paul used the anchor of his presence now we will look at the second anchor that Paul and by extension you as a believer have and that's the anchor of his promises Acts chapter 27 and verse 29 then fearing Lest we should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're excited and we're thankful for your word. Your word is profitable. Your word is good. Your word is everlasting. And God, your word is needful in our lives. Lord, that you would help us to cast this anchor. Of your promises in the storms that we face in our lives, in Jesus' precious name. Standing on the promises of Christ, my King. Through eternal ages, let his praises ring. Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises. If you attend church with us, that song will be familiar to you. And earlier today, those words began to course through my mind, and I began to realize how appropriate they would be to speak on the anchor of his promises Using the first three lines from that gospel hymn, Standing on the Promises. Let's look at the first line, Standing on the Promises of Christ, my King. First, we want to look at the source of the promise. What's a promise, anyway? It's a declaration that one will do something, or that you won't do something. But it's a specific declaration. I'm going to do this. Maybe you're thinking of a promise that you had to keep. I tell people at church, if you say you're going to pray for someone, you've ever done that and then forgotten? And then someone goes, thanks for praying for me. And you're like, oh, oh, praise God. But you totally forgot. If you tell someone that you're going to pray for them, pray for them right then. Because you, like me, might forget. And then you'll feel really silly when they thank you for the prayers that you never prayed. But God is not a man. He won't forget and he won't lie. We want to look at the source of the promises of God, this anchor of his promises. Where does a promise come from? Because if the person's a liar, you can't trust it. If the person has no intention to do it, you can't trust them. But we find that our source, as the song says, Christ is our source, and it says to stand on the promise. I I did something at church that some people might find fault with, but I did it anyway. I looked at the the altar that we have, which just basically looks like a bench. And during the service, I said, "How many believe that that's an altar?" Believing in the altar, and of course it's easy, right? It's an altar. And then I got on top of it. I stood on that altar with my shoes, not to desecrate it. It's just a tool, right? And I said. I was believing in the altar, I said, but now I'm believing on the altar. You know, when you believe on Christ, you put your weight on Christ. When Peter was walking on the water, he was believing on, standing on, not the H2O, but the promise of God when Jesus said, C-O-M-E, come, walk on the water. The Bible said that all of these promises that we're talking about tonight, they come from Christ. And the Bible said blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. This storm anchor of his promises comes from Jesus. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. It's Christ but he's also a king. This term king is found over 1900 times in the Bible. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The word author means chief leader, captain, prince, or king. But it also said in Revelation that Jesus wasn't just a king. But if you look to Revelation chapter 17 and verse 14, it calls him the king of kings. But then that song says, standing on the promises of Christ, He's my king. You know that the source of the promise comes from a personal relationship, a personal appeal to a king. You know, the idea of bowing to a king may not be popular among many Americans. You think, well, we left a king and in, in England, and we, don't, we became our own people. We don't want to bow to a king. But one day the Bible said every knee is going to bow, and every tongue is going to confess you know that Jesus Christ is King, and believers, as the Apostle Paul, he said, "Who art thou, Lord?" He knew he was a he knew he was a King, and there is an authority over all of this universe, and His name is Jesus. Uh, when I was in the military, we were, I was talking to a, a fellow Christian. I, we were looking at the stars in the sky, and I said, "That's uh, in the military, the highest rank would be a four-star general." When I was in the in the Marine Corps. And I think the highest rank of an American military uh, soldier was a five star. Maybe it was Nimitz or MacArthur, but no more, more than five. But the, I, I was looking in the sky and I told this brother, I said, look at the sky. It's like if Jesus had a rank structure, if he wore it on on his shoulders, that would be, that would be the the number of stars that he has. He outranks every general, every Nimitz, MacArthur. Every general that's ever walked the face of this earth. Well, how many stars are in the sky? Well, in the universe, they get a better telescope. The number may change, but maybe 100 quintillion, 10 to the 20th power. Jesus outranks anything down here. And uh, the Bible says he telleth all the stars, and he he, he calls them by their name. Jesus not only can count the stars accurately, but he has a name for each one of them. Even before the International Star Registry... (laughs) To the idea of bowing to a king, but it's my king. See, Paul said in Acts chapter 27 and verse 23 For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. If you read the beginning of the book of Romans, Paul introduces it. He said, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. I'm his servant. You see, we have to serve something. In, what is the greatest thing you serve in your life? What's the greatest authority in your life? I said, preacher, it's just me. I'm, I'm my own king. I'm my own, the self. Well, if you're your own king, unfortunately that makes you selfish and self-centered. And that doesn't really sound that good. And I'm not trying to pick on you. But if we're honest tonight, we need our promises From a great king with great resources, Paul said, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The second line of the song, Through eternal ages, let his praises ring. What is the length of his promise? How long does it last? What's the guarantee? What's the warranty of the promise? The, the hymn that we're speaking of tonight, it was published in 1886, but it's still going strong. It's still sung in churches. My little daughter can sing it because its truths are relevant. They're timeless because they come from an eternal God and they have eternal truths that resonate in our hearts. You know, if you quote a hit song from today, people might pick it up. If you quote a hit song from 10 years ago, you might lose some people. If you start to quote Twisted Sister, I would know the lyrics, but a lot of people might lose you. Quote a Beatles song from 50 years ago, you might get blank stares. Quote a song from 150 years ago, but if it's a gospel song, if you quote Amazing Grace, if you quote Joy to the World, if you quote, uh, uh, standing on the promises. I remember I was singing a uh, gospel song in the supermarket. Either I was humming it, whistling it, or singing it, and there was a guy from a different, he was going, a customer going out at a different register, and he was smiling, and he popped his head up, and he sang some of the song. All he heard, he heard me sing it. i would never seen the guy before. But he knew that song, the same song I was singing, probably an old song. It resonated in his heart. It was true. It was relevant because it showed an eternal promise from an eternal God. How long does it last? If you want to be happy for an hour, take a nap. If you want to be happy for a day, go golfing. If you want to be happy for a month, get married. The Preacher, that doesn't even last a month. If you want to be happy for a year, inherit a fortune. If you want to be happy for a lifetime, go help someone else. It's interesting. How long something lasts is important. Go go help someone else. Well, I tell you what. Jesus went to help someone else. He wanted us to be happy for a lifetime. And he shared his life with us. The Bible said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Something that doesn't end with the sickness down here on earth. Something that doesn't end with a, with a tragedy or a car accident. I remember my daughter was speaking and she said something about, uh, Daddy, when you die, or something like that. And, and we were walking along. My daughter's six. And then she said something like, oh, yeah, well, I'll see you in heaven. And I was like, wow, praise God. You see, she sees that there's another side of this life. And then if we have hope in Jesus Christ, and if we have our promises in Jesus Christ, we will see each other in a place where nobody has to say goodbye, in a place where God promises to wipe away all the tears. Some things never get explained down here, but I know it's not the end. God's promises, God's promises are eternal. And lastly, it's says, glory in the highest. I will shout and sing. We have the source of the promise. We know the length of the promise. Well, Paul, in the middle of the storm, had confidence in the promise. He said, he had this angel stand next to him, and the angel said, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, Paul said, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. He said, cheer up, I'm going to believe God, we're going to make it. So preacher, how many promises are in the Bible anyway? That was one that Paul got in the middle of a sea, in the middle of a a storm, but he, he laid claim on it. How many promises are in the Bible? Read different sources. You'll get different numbers. One man, a Canadian school teacher named Everett R. Storms, and that's funny because it's preaching on storm anchors, he kept a record as you read through the Bible his 27th time reading through the Bible, according to the book All the Promises of God by Herbert Lockyer. And it took a year and a half for this man, storms to complete his lists, which included 7,000 487 promises from God to man. What does that say? The Bible is full of promises. You know, maybe it's time to pause YouTube. Pause Game of Thrones. Pause your video game. Pause it! Why don't you look up a promise? Because you see, none of them really mean anything. A number of promises doesn't mean anything. Unless you claim them for yourself. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Then it said, For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. I remember when I got saved, I took God up on this promise. And the promise comes from Romans chapter 10. And if you're not a Christian, all you have to do is claim this one. In verse 9, For that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You know, it's our job to humble ourselves, And it's God's job to exalt us. If we keep our end, he'll keep our end. The Bible is full of promises. But you see, casting the anchor of his promise is what you need to do today. Have you found a promise of God? Have you found a promise, Christian, of prayer? Let me leave you with this. I was at a job site working construction some years ago, and there was a man there that he was having a bad day. And so I I asked him, I said, are you okay, sir? Something this is around six or seven years ago. And it turned out that he had a girlfriend, and and she was uh, in danger of losing her baby. They had to deliver the baby, and they thought the baby was going to die for some health complications. And he was really, uh, understandably, really shaken up. And so, not ever knowing, I didn't know this gentleman, and he didn't know me. But I said, would you like to pray? And he said yes. So we prayed for I don't remember exactly what for for the life of the baby that his girlfriend would be all right that the baby would uh be saved and and delivered and not die and then we both went our separate ways he back to his work and me back to mine and i gave him a church card he never called me he hasn't called me to this day it's been years but a few months later Exactly how long I'm not sure it was it was a little while my wife and I were doing a visit at the hospital and we find that my wife was pregnant at the time and when ladies are pregnant they have to visit a certain room a lot so she visited that room and I uh stood in the hallway and as we were doing that this man walked by and I recognized him as the man I had prayed with. And I said, hey, sir, do you remember me? I, I prayed with you. And uh, I said, how's the baby? And he said, the baby, the baby, I don't remember the exact words, but we're going to visit the baby. The baby was delivered. The baby was in the hospital. The baby survived. You know that God answers prayers. And you take God up on one of his promises in prayer. And tonight, I don't know what you're facing, if it's life threatening or if it's something small. But find a promise of God and claim it for your life. Cast the anchor of His promises. And you know what? If, if we can do something for you, you can get in contact with us. But the most important thing is you get in contact with Jesus, standing on the promises of Christ, my King, through eternal ages. Let his praises ring, glory in the highest, I will shout and sing, standing on the promises of God.